0: If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us, and enjoy this message. The world is not supposed to define us. The world is not supposed to regulate our activity. It is not supposed to uh, control our emotion. It's not supposed to control us in any way, shape, or form. Why? Because you're not a part of the world anymore. The Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Do you have any new creatures here this morning? Hallelujah. I don't know about you. Maybe I'm just going to preach myself happy. You know, I kind of got up depressed this morning. Of course, it was at 3 o'clock in the morning, but uh, maybe that's why. Why? I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning because somebody else was breathing heavy, and I couldn't sleep, so I moved to another room. But you know, it wasn't just that, it was just, you know, thinking about what's going on in the world just is a depressing thing, but I decided this morning as I was in prayer, I I have a prayer cave. I don't have a man cave, I have a prayer cave. We have uh, converted our garage into uh, some sort of a living space, and that's where I've taken myself to pray because I can get as loud as I want without disturbing the rest of the house. And, uh, you know, through prayer, I broke through this morning. Hallelujah. Say breakthrough. Do you know what? We, uh, we a lot of times, we stop at the door. We get inside the door and then we say, Well, I've made it. Hallelujah. I'm here. Glory to God. How many of you know? Uh, I've never read it, but I've, I know about it. It's called, there's a book written back, I think, in the 1600s called Pilgrim's Progress. Well, you know, in Pilgrim's Progress, he is working towards the celestial city. But in the beginning, he just gets through the door. Salvation, the blood of Jesus coming to the cross, is the door to get in. And a lot of times we camp there and we say, hey, I made it. Oh, woo! Well, that's okay. You're going to go to heaven. But hallelujah, you don't need to let the devil control you the rest of your life. Amen. So, uh, I'm going to be talking this morning. It's actually kind of a continuation of Father's Day. And the title of the message would be uh, He's a Good, Good Father. Now, how many of you have ever uh, heard a song by that title? He's a Good, Good Father. Well, I didn't, uh, I got it from that, but you know, the Bible is full of statements that God is good. But I want to give you a little revelation for those of you who don't know. Not everybody is a child of God. God is the creator of all, but he's not the father of all. And there there was a man, a religious guy, by the name of Nicodemus, and he came to Jesus, and he wanted to know. You know, Jesus, if you ever read the scriptures... Jesus, you can ask Jesus a question, and he just tells you what he wants to tell you. He don't—he ignores the question because the question's the wrong question. You know, if you're asking the wrong questions, you're not going to get to the place you need to go. Well, he's—he uh, said, "Teacher, we know you come from God because nobody can do the things that you do unless." They're from God. And Jesus just comes out and says to him, Hey, dude, you gotta be born again. I'm paraphrasing, of course. But you've got to be born again. You've got to come to the place to where you become a new creature in Christ because you are not going to enter the kingdom of heaven based on the life you're gonna the life you're living it doesn't matter how religious you are it doesn't matter how many good works you do it doesn't matter what church you go to because it's not about it's not about your works it's about who you belong to And the reality is, if you're going to be born again, you have to have not only a mindset change, you have to have a heart change, and you have to have a family change. And one of the mindsets and one of the heart attitudes that has to be changed is it's not all about you. You know, we're living in a generation, we're living in a day where uh, people have been pampered, pampered, pampered. We deserve, we deserve, we deserve. Well, the reality is if we got what we really deserve, we wouldn't be happy with it. Without Jesus, all we deserve is hell. Hell. Without Jesus, all we deserve is pain. Without Jesus, all we deserve is misery. Without Jesus, all we deserve is depression. You said, well, pastor, I got that already, and I'm a Christian. That's because you haven't made it to the kingdom of God yet. You're, you've not made it in your thinking. You've gotten through the door. You've gotten into Jesus. You've been saved. You've been washed in the blood. You've gotten in the door. Jesus said, I am the door. I'm the door, but once you get in the door, you got to get to the celestial city. Hallelujah. And there are progresses and steps along the way. So we are all creatures of God, but we're not all children of God, and God wants to make us children of God. I got shoes, you got shoes, all God's children got shoes. That's what I was taught years ago. But it's not just about having shoes because you can be a warrior in the kingdom of God and not have shoes. You can be a warrior in the kingdom of God and not own a shirt. You can, be a, you can be a warrior in the kingdom of God. You can have the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit. Your loins are girded with truth. Your feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You might not own a stitch of clothes, but you are clothed in the armor of God and you are righteous in his sight. Turn to somebody and ask him, are you righteous? Well, some of you might think, well, I don't know about that, Pastor. way you've just been preaching. No, I'm not righteous because of my righteousness. I'm righteous because of his righteousness. You're righteous because of what Jesus has done. Righteousness is a gift. And some people are trying to still work to get the gift. Thank you, Jesus. Well, he's a good, good father. Well, I have to read a scripture before I get off on another rabbit trail. But in Isaiah chapter 118, verse 1, it is uh, reinforcing the message. He says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Let me ask you a question. Besides Lord, what other title is he to you? Oh, give thanks to the blank. Now fill in the blank. Somebody talk to me. He's Papa. Hallelujah. What else is he? Did I say? what? Did I, it's not. It's Psalm 180. Psalm 118, that's right. That was a trick question. I don't want to c- confess dyslexia, but yeah. Anyway, Psalm one. 1- did I say Isaiah? I like Isaiah, maybe that's why I said it. But anyway, Psalm 118, verse 1, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. You can also say, oh, give thanks to my papa, for he is good. Oh, give thanks to my father, for he is good. Oh, give thanks to my provider, for he is good. Oh, give thanks unto my healer, Jehovah Rapha, for he is good. Oh, give thanks to Jehovah Jireh, because he supplies all my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let Israel now say. I want you to notice uh, as we go through this, the repeated phrase, now say, now say, now say. Let Israel, you say, well, I'm not Israel. Okay, just hang in there. Let it, Well, uh, Galatians in the uh, third chapter, I think it's the last verse, if you be Christ, your Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. He says, let Israel now say his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron now say his mercy. Well, who was Aaron? Aaron was the priest, right? And those in his family were priests. Well, we're not sons of Aaron, but we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that should show forth the praises of him who's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we can apply, and Jesus said uh, said in Revelation that Jesus has made us kings and priests. So let the priests say his mercy endures forever. And I'm just saying the condition of the world does not change the truth of this scripture. Now, you said, are you ready to say this is for me? If it's not for you, you got a problem. We'll have an altar call. Let those who fear the Lord say, his mercy endures forever. Let those who honor, let those who respect, let those who reverence, and at times, let those who fear the Lord say his mercy endures forever. Well, I, uh, my, and I've told you this before, my uh, confession, I'll use the word mantra, it's not a right word, but is grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I continually say that. I continually repeat that because I know that grace means more than what you think it means. I know that mercy means more than you think it means. I know that peace means more than you think it means. And if, uh, and as I've done the study, it, that carries a whole plethora of blessings. He says his mercy endures forever. Let the re-, and another scripture says, let the redeemed of the Lord. Do we have anybody redeemed in this house today? I'm not going to tell the whole story, but when Joel, I think he was in second, first or second grade, uh, the bathroom was inside the, uh, the classroom. There was a door, of course. But Joel would go to the bathroom, and he would start singing at the top of his lungs, Oh, victory in Jesus. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior. And fortunately, the teacher was a Christian, and she appreciated the song. But you know what? The rest of the class didn't quite know what's going on. But you know what? We need to shout it out. We need to declare it. We not, you know, the enemy wants you to be quiet. Either say the wrong thing or be quiet. The government tries to shut you up, the devil tries to shut you up, the, the world tries to keep you in fear, but shout it out. Fortunately for uh, Dr. Ben Carson, he says we need to start speaking up. And I want to say this, it's not just speaking up so that people can hear us. We need to tell hell what it's all about. And when, you, and when you're telling them, don't look up, look down, because they're under your feet. Because Christ has been raised up far above all principality and power, and we're seated at his right hand. So if he's far above all principalities and powers, then we have to look down to talk to the devil. Why are you looking down on me? Because you're under my feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know saying is an act of faith especially when the circumstances appear to be contrary Faith is a resp- Faith isn't a Faith isn't a mental assent faith isn't a something that I just believe faith is an action it is a belief that motivates me to action and if I'm not motivated to action I'm not Walking, in what? In faith, I've got to walk in faith, I've got to act in faith. I've got to talk in faith. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Do you know um, Katie, uh, Pastor Katie, she gave a prophetic word this morning and she uh, referred to Ezekiel 37 and she talked about the dry bones. You know those dry bones? Were actually people that were not dry bones. But listen to what God says. God afterwards, after he told them to speak to the people, uh, to, uh, to, spoke to the prophet and told him what to prophesy, God said this. He says, therefore prophesy and say, thus says the Lord, behold, O my people. I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of the graves and bring you into the land. But the previous verse says this. Then he said to me, the prophet, son of man, these these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, our bones are dry. Our hope is lost. And we ourselves are cut off. What were they? They were making confession that they were dry bones. They were making confessions that they were without hope. You know what hope is? Hope is that that joyous expectation. And hope is the anchor of the soul. And if you don't have an anchor on your ship, then you are going to be shipwrecked. You're going to either run into another ship, you're going to be lost at sea, or you're going to be uh, destroyed on the rocks. I don't know if you remember this, but a few years ago, there was a a cruise ship that the captain, for some reason, decided he was going to, give up his responsibilities and they ran aground and the ship started to roll over and capsize. That's what happens when when you're not anchored or when you're not in control, the sea will just take over. That's why it's not just good to go with the flow. Any dead fish can go with the flow. (laughs) But if you want to live, you've got to go against the current. You've got to go. You've got to, you've got to fight against it, Because especially if the current is taking you in the wrong direction. Somebody else, I remember this is years ago. It's a good, good illustration, but um, it was talking about st- standing out in the middle of the Susquehanna. And you'd be facing towards Harrisburg. Well, everything's been taken away from me. It's just going away from me. Well, just turn around, baby. Then it'll start coming to you. <laughs> just turn around. John Osteen used to say, if the cat don't like the way it's being rubbed, let the cat turn around. Have you ever rubbed a cat the wrong way? yeah you the cat don't like it because you're not going the right way. If you go the wrong way then you're rubbing against the fur. you don't know I'll show you oh okay. but if you' if you're if you're stroking the cat in the right way, then the cat won't get up and run off anyway, just forget about that one if you don't like it. Hallelujah, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Well, let's give you some other, uh, other points about what you should do with your mouth. You know, well, you say, well, Pastor, I believe in confession. Well, do you believe in prayer? Yes, I believe in prayer. Well, if you're not praying, you don't believe in it. Do you believe in the house of God? Of course, I believe in the house of God. Then why aren't you here? course, I shouldn't be talking about that way because you're here. I remember we used to go to church on on Saturday night, and hardly anybody would show up. And the next day, the pastor would browbeat us, and I was there, and I felt guilty. (laughs) So you know what? I decided I thought, well, that's not something I want to do if I ever become a preacher. So anyway, I hope I'm not browbeating you. One guy used to tell me his name was Floyd Brown. Floyd Brown looked like Mr. Clean back when Mr. Clean was muscular. I mean, twice the size of the Mr. Clean now. But Floyd Brown would tell me, I don't feel like I've been to church unless my toes have been stepped on. You know, whatever. <laughs> I'm going to show you a scripture that I follow. If you want your toes stepped on, the good idea would be to wear steel-toed shoes. And then you still won't feel it. Just a thought. But in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Therefore, holy brethren. Well, what did he just call you? Holy brethren. And these are people that are actually backsliding, and he's still calling them holy brethren. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and the high priest of your confession. You know, Jesus is the high priest of your confession, but if you don't confess, then he has nothing to be high priest for. Or, if you're confessing the wrong thing, If you're you're confessing death, if you're confessing sickness, if you're confessing poverty, if you're confessing what God has redeemed you from, then what does he have to say? He is called called the high priest of our confession. He says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. By the way, this is uh, an encouraging book to try to keep the Hebrews from backsliding and leaving Jesus. He said, seeing then that we have a great high priest who's passed into the heavens, Jesus says, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. Why do I need to hold fast? Because you are in the midst of of temptation, test, and trials. How many of you like to go to church and you just feel, feel the peace of God? But sometimes you're away from church and you feel the temptations, you feel the test, and you feel the trials. I'm in the thick of it, baby. I just want to get back to church. Well, you are the church. What do you want to get back to? Start doing what you do in church. Start saying, victory in Jesus. Start letting it shouting it out. Start letting your voice be heard. Give Jesus something to be the high priest of. Thank you, Lord. You're not defeated. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter ten twenty two. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Are you assured that your faith is going to work out good? Are you positive that your faith is going to give you the victory? Are you positive enough to shout in the midst of the darkness? When you're in the darkness, don't curse the darkness, light a light. Light a candle. Get your bick, flick your bick, and light a light in the darkness. Because there's somebody else in there with you that probably needs to be encouraged by seeing that light. Hallelujah. I don't know when I'm supposed to stop, so. I know that. Is it the same? Is it uh, the same time every week? Okay. And he always tells me, don't say that. (laughs) Yeah. I just followed your example. (laughs) But anyway, let us hold fast our confession. Let us hold fast our confession without wavering, for faithful is he who promised. Let's move right along. He goes on to say in, in Psalm 84, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing... Will he withhold from those who walk uprightly? Say no good thing. He doesn't withhold good things because he is good and his mercy endures forever. If he wanted to give you something bad, you'd have to go borrow it from the devil. And he's not going to go borrow it from the devil because the devil, my theology is simple, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm or Isaiah, here we go. This is really Isaiah. <laughs> Isaiah 61, verse 1. This is why I preach like I preach, hopefully. Hopefully I'm not just deluding myself. But he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. I don't feel like preaching condemning sermons. Why? Because Jesus said he was anointed to preach the good tidings, and that's what I feel like that I'm supposed to preach, because I was raised in a church where there was condemnation. Even though Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm in Christ Jesus. You're in Christ Jesus. Hopefully we're all in Christ Jesus so we don't need to be preaching bad ser- negative sermons. Uh, you know, ho- I'm not going to get to the bad part of the sermon today because I'll, I put it at the end. It's always at the end. <laughs> anyway. He says to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, not to break the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives, not to explain to them why they're in jail. To open the prison doors, and to those uh, to those who are bound and to proclaim The acceptable year of the Lord. What is the acceptable year of the Lord? The acceptable year of the Lord is the year of favor. It is God's favor being poured out. You say, well, that year's already passed. This isn't a 365-day year. This is a period of time that we are still in. God is still pouring out his favor for those who will receive it. And remember, there are two types of people. There are those that are his creation, and there are those that are his children. And those that are his children are new creations in Christ Jesus, and they have the Holy Spirit, on the inside of them. Can you say amen? A favorite scripture of mine, James 1.16, do not be deceived. Now this is how you can be deceived by not following the rest of this verse. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren, for every good gift. Why? Because he's a good, good father. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Otherwise, other words, He doesn't change; He is always good. There's. I, I used to love Steve McQueen. Anybody remember Steve McQueen? I love Steve McQueen. Um... And Greg Lowry said he became a Christian. Hallelujah. But there's a poster on Facebook, a post, and it has Steve McQueen early in the morning with a cup of coffee. And he says, coffee doesn't speak to me in the morning. Be more like coffee. (laughs) You know, a lot of times we think that's the way God is. God gets up on the wrong side of the bed. Well, the Bible says he neither slumbers nor sleep. He doesn't get out of bed. He's always up. He's high. He's the most high. He don't get low. He gets low to come after you, but he does not need to be have a cup of coffee to get him motivated to feel good. He's always feeling good. Well, I'm sure you could find a scripture where God's angry. Well, I can, I can find it. But he's not angry at us. He's not angry. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> Where am I at? Why do troubles come? I got five minutes. Well, actually, a little more. Why do troubles come? Well, again, my theology is pretty simple. The thief comes to th- steal, kill, and destroy. But you know what? Even though it's a simple theology, life is not always simple. Life is not always simple. You say, Pastor, you're always preaching these positive messages, but you don't know where I live. Well, you don't know where I live either. Like I told you this morning, I I wasn't just some sermon illustration. I felt depressed this morning. I a lot of times feel depressed because I'm thinking, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? You know, the devil's just right there. He talks to me just like he talks to you. And I say, get out of here in the name of Jesus. I do, I do the battle, I do the warfare just like everybody else. I'm not up here on some level where there is no temptation. My Bible says there's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God will, with the temptation, also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it, that you can get out. Just slip out the back, Jack. Make a new plan, Stan. You don't need to be coy, Roy. Roy. Just get yourself free. Get yourself free from the bondage of the enemy. Now, for us older people, they understood that. (laughs) For some of you, they're like, what's he talking about? Just ask your grandparents. No, you need to get out. You don't need to bear it. Oh, man, how much more do I have to bear this? No, he's made a way for you to escape. Get out from under it. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. I think I preached myself happy today. Praise God. But life isn't always simple, is it? James chapter 1. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 2, my brethren, count it all joy. How many of you ever found that scripture hard to apply? Count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. Let me just put it this way, temptations, tests, and trials. Count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Now, let me give you a little clue here. God doesn't tempt you. God is not tempting you. God is not your enemy. God is on your side. God is, the Bible says, he always leads you to triumph. By the way, triumph is the celebration. He's already won the victory. Ooh, think about that. Selah. He's already won the victory, so you don't need to win the victory. You've already got the victory. Now come to the party. Triumph is the party. He goes on to say in James 1:13, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. You know what? You there's so many times I just want to say when people talk to me, what are you talking about? But you know what? I have to be empathetic. Sometimes when you're empathetic, you become pathetic. But the reality is, is sometimes people just say things about God. Well, God is really doing it to me. Let no one say, say no one. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted, say every man and woman. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away by his own lust and enticed. Then when lust has conceived or desire, inappropriate desire, it brings forth sin and sin when it is finished brings forth death. There is a scripture that always bothered me. Jesus said to Peter on the, at the Last Supper, He says, Peter, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. But I prayed for you that your faith fail not. The problem I had with it is, Jesus, why didn't you just tell him to keep his hands off me? You ever thought about that? But you know what? Jesus couldn't pray that because Peter opened the door. We open doors, the Bible says, give no place to the devil, but we open doors to allow him to come in. And Jesus said, I'm praying for you that your faith fail not. And when you have recovered, Jesus already knew his prayer was going to be answered. He says, and when you recover, strengthen the brethren. So how did Peter open the door? Well, Peter opened the door through his pride. I know none of you have it. Wasn't he part of the group that said who who was arguing, who's the greatest? Well, do you know they were all actually sifted? But Peter got sifted more because Peter had a bigger mouth. The bigger the mouth, the bigger the sifting. Just a thought. I don't tell you of all my sifting. So, see, I told you it's going to be bad. No, anyway, <laughs> who's the greatest, Lord? I would die for you, Lord. I would never desert you. I would die for you. I don't know the dude. And the Bible says he cursed and swore. So I don't know what kind of I don't know any Hebrew curse words, so I can't tell you. But he cursed and swore and said I don't know the man. Lord, I'd die for you. Do you know that Peter actually rebuked Jesus? Jesus says, I'm going to Jerusalem. The chief priests are going to turn me over. I'm going to suffer I'm, and I'm going to die. But the third day I'm going to rise. And Peter rebuked him. What Jesus say? Get thee behind me, Satan. Who was he talking to, Peter? He was talking to Peter's pride. Saying, get thee behind me, Satan. Say, our God's a good God. in the name of jesus he's good no matter what you're going through and and he would even be gooder if i could finish this sermon this message but god is good let me just say this one last thing he is not ashamed of you it says in hebrews where he talked about your confession he said he said he is not ashamed to call you brethren. These were people that were backsliding, and and the, and the writer of Hebrews says he's not ashamed of you. You know, I thought about that. I thought for years, I thought, my dad, he must have been ashamed of me. But then I started thinking, well, was he ashamed of me when I went in the Navy? He didn't say, so, I'm proud of you, son. Was he he proud of me when I went into the ministry? I kind of doubt it. His, His mind says it wasn't that way, but I have a good, good father. And he's proud of me. You have a good, good father. And he's proud of you, and he's not ashamed of you. And if you open your heart to realize that he's a good, good father. And if there's any pride that's in between you and him, have you ever rebuked God? No takers. I have. I used to take, I, I, I put a day aside. Tuesday's going to be my day off. And it rained every Tuesday, even in drought. boy but you know what i was mad at the wrong one you know it wasn't god trying to kill jesus out there on the boat when he was asleep just a thought hallelujah i'm here to tell you that jesus has got more for you than what you're than what you're expecting but if you'll open your heart Not only just just to be saved and to be born again, but he's got so much more for you. Because if you're just saved, you're just inside the door. He's got more. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and praise you, Lord God, for the Spirit of God. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I speak over your people. And I thank you for the courage of the Lord to rise up within them. Father God, that they're not ashamed, that they're not backing down, that they're not keeping silent, that they, that the Holy Spirit would remind them that they are loved, and that they are children of God, and that you've got more. I pray, Holy Spirit, you are the revealer, that you would reveal the more that you have for them. In Jesus' name, I thank you and praise you. Amen. God bless you.